Hello, and welcome to the 78th episode of the iRace We Gamble podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Alex Crum, and I'm joined again by Josh Seimer. Crum, you know what they say, right? I don't know. Tell what me. did Delaware, boys? Oh, what did Delaware? <laughs> she wore her New Jersey, just like all these college kids on their way to the NFL as the draft is happening as we record. <laughs> That's. I'm so glad I wrote that down, so I wouldn't forget it. It's very clever. I, I like how you got New Jersey in there, in state and draft. I don't. Yeah. Well, Delaware, her New Jersey. No, I get it. We're racing in Delaware. Yeah, and it's right next to New Jersey, right? Isn't it? Or am I crazy? They're very close, but I don't think they border. I think Delaware only borders Maryland. Okay, well. I might be making that up. At some point, I'll have a minute and I'll check a map. I'm already on it. Uh, And I can't tell because I'm too zoomed in, but it looks like it might border New Jersey. Who cares? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, With the first overall pick, I will start talking about something else. Um, Like iRacing. did some did some fun stuff this past week. Wait a second. I'm looking at the wrong document. I am did I say it was the seventy eighth episode, Josh? I don't know, but it's definitely the seventy ninth. Um is. while you get yourself all squared away, um clearly we're both distracted tonight and uh you know, I'm uh recording sitting in my bed tonight because my office broke down as we rearrange rooms. There's a lot of Things just happening. You guys really don't care about all that, but what you do care about is how to follow us, which is on Twitter at iRaceWeGamble. You can also email us iRaceWeGamble at gmail.com. Send me some dad jokes and I will make Crumb read them on the air, I promise. Oh, God. No. Um, Have you situated yourself yet? Yeah, I'm all set. I'm in the right place, I think. (laughs) Uh, you're right. I've, I'm. We're all discombobbled. We're distracted. But um, do want to hit a couple things. Uh, actually, before the iRacing update, um, it's the 79th episode. Uh, we obviously have recent news from Hendrick Motorsports because every week there's some new news from Hendrick Motorsports. This week is unfortunately Alex Bowman getting injured in a sprint car crash, so he'll be out at least three to four weeks. Um, Seemed like Eric Elmerola was surprised by that because he had a similar injury and was out six weeks a while back, but maybe it's less severe. Don't know. Uh, but obviously keep eyes out on that for his return. So that just means Josh Berry's back in uh, the potential lineups this week, if you like him. Uh, obviously discounted from what Bowman would be priced at and uh, different odds. But check your sports books, see if you like it. Um, hope he recovers well. Boy, FanDuel did not drop him very much under Alex Bowman. Well, I mean, Josh Berry, his two Dover finishes in Xfinity were first and second. So Yeah, and he's in a Hendrix car. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, they only dropped him uh, 1300 from what they priced Bowman at. Really? I didn't realize Bowman was... Oh, yeah, you're right. I didn't even look at Bowman's price because I was kind of ignoring him. But, yeah, it's not much of a change. He is by low eligible, though. Under nine. You gonna do it? I no spoilers, I think is the uh term of the day. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Uh, do have some iRacing updates that I want to touch on. Uh, some cool events lately uh, in the Coke series. Was like literally on the edge of my seat uh, watching Malik almost win his first Coke series race at Talladega. Unfortunately, he got beat out by Casey Kerwin at the line, but it was a hell of a race. Really fun to watch. Um, and then last night, uh, another Blake McCandless race, which is some of the ones I've participated in in the past uh, at Daytona in the 87s and uh, I think at California in the 87s. He was doing a race with the Gen 4 cars at Charlotte, the 600-mile race at Charlotte. Pretty crazy. Um, had some real-life drivers join him in the booth, like Landon Castle, Parker Kligerman. Uh, so that was kind of cool. Um, fun event. I didn't participate because I just have too much going on right now. Uh, didn't want to commit to that long of a race on a random, what is it, Wednesday. Um, so I've just been doing some standard racing, um, but I have reached my uh, I rating goal for ovals this season, which I'm really proud of. Uh, finally got to that 3K mark. 30, uh, or sorry, 3,010 is my current I rating. Um, was able to get a solid top 15 in the top split of a fixed at Dover. So there's a couple pros in that race was held my own well enough to just get a top 15 out of 28 cars. Um, so that was great. And then I did a gen four car race at Dover and managed to get a top five with some good pit strategy, uh, on a hundred lap race. And, uh, one of the guys I beat in that race on old tires was a, was a pro as well. So cool to be racing among some of the higher talent, people on the service and feeling like I'm gaining more confidence on the oval stuff. Um, and also been doing some Ferrari racing in the road and enjoying that as well. So good times. I haven't done a lot of iRacing, but it's all been very successful lately. So that, that feels really nice. Um, and I'll probably tweet more about it. I actually tweeted a little bit about F1, which we're barely going to touch on today. Uh, mostly because by the time you hear this, they probably already qualified. So if you were setting a lineup, you're too late if you're listening to us. Um, but if, if there are any lineup changes we feel like posting about, like either myself or Sarah or Josh, we'll we'll share them on Twitter. I race we handle. All right, the F1 race I just mentioned. Uh, they're in Baku after a month break. Uh, actually, Josh, the the biggest news in F1 right now is is Fernando Alonso dating Taylor Swift. Have you heard this rumor? I have not. Yeah. So old man, and by old man I mean like forty. Uh, Fernando Alonso has all these rumors about it, and uh, he put out a TikTok or whatever of someone asking him, and he just winked. So that wasn't really an answer. And then some reporter said, like, oh, okay, I have to ask, like, you know, what's the deal? He said, nothing, can't say anything, whatever. So he's not denying it, but he's not confirming it. I think that's probably smart from a media perspective to get attention, but I have a hard, I, like, I don't know why Taylor Swift hasn't said, like, no, this isn't real. I, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. So he's 41 and divorced. <laughs> Taylor Swift, I have a feeling, is not that much younger than him. Yeah, she's 33. Yeah, it's not crazy. It's it's just I don't think... They, they feel like they're not of the same generation, even though they're only seven, eight years apart. Yeah, that's, uh, that's not really anything, 41 and 33. Um, no. You know, speaking as somebody who married a woman five years older than me. Yeah. And as someone dating someone, hold on, let me do the math here. Uh, six years younger than me. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not a big deal. But it's just funny to see that pop up. It's just like, hey, they're on an off month, but Fernando Alonso just stays in the news. Um, 
if you uh if you do want to catch qualifying for baku uh they do have a weird new sprint procedure but the basics are kind of the same there's qualifying friday at 9 a.m at least eastern daylight uh time and then the sprint race is 4 30 uh saturday so that seems like an evening race for them curious if they have lights or if that's still going to be in the daylight um but the sprint race is a little bit shorter some of the practice sessions are different the tire allocations are different just go check the f1 website if you want to know more um but you, you can get more points if you play f1 fantasy i did notice one of the chips is the unlimited chip and if, if you are able to log into f1 fantasy because that's always a struggle uh but if you if you do there's a chip for unlimited which makes it so you for just one week you have an unlimited budget and unlimited moves so you could basically pick every every car you want I don't know that I'm going to go down that road simply because I'd like having the Aston and Red Bull shares in my lineup and I don't have to go over budget for those. So I don't feel like I'm going to optimize much if I do that. But maybe if it turns out later in the year that you need a bunch of expensive guys that and it's a sprint weekend, might be a good time to use that. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, I when I read it, I was like, oh, that's I thought I read these before, but I guess I hadn't. Um, Man, I looked at that and thought I had to add Russell Wilson to my lineup. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> Mr. Unlimited. Yep. All right, should we get to Talladega? Yeah. Yeah, let's I'm, I was going to make more Russell Wilson jokes, but that's we don't need to do that. Um well, you just made another one. What? Said so you just made another one. Shut up. <laughs> You're not supposed to call me out on it. <laughs> the important thing is Kyle Busch won at Talladega, which I didn't see coming because literally the entire race, he was just mid-pack, not doing anything, not making any moves, because it's kind of hard to make moves. It seemed like the racing was a little iffy, especially in the early stages. So it was basically like, a, who's going to spin out coming to pit road or with a flat tire? Um, but Josh, you watched, uh, you had a chance to watch, uh, an old Talladega race. I think it was 2010. I curious what you thought of that, go, you know, seeing some of the, it doesn't feel like old school to me, but I mean, at this point it's 13 years ago, so it is pretty, is pretty old school. Yeah. And it's definitely old school for somebody who picked up NASCAR in the middle of the 2020 season. Yeah. Um, it was interesting. It was, I knew where I was and what track I was watching, but it felt like I was watching a completely, completely different style of racing. Um, and I sent you my list of three things and then I tacked out a fourth. Um, so I'm curious if you under, if you know the reference of a two and D when you're listing three things. I I know it's a comedian that probably did it. Or am I right? No. No? Okay, then I don't know. I've, I'm, I know the reference, but I could not tell you where it's from. It's from a movie. It's Obviously. from a Christmas movie. Christmas. It's from a movie about Christmas. Is it Elf? We grew up with this movie. Is it the one with Tim Allen that I can't think of? No, it's a good Christmas movie. <laughs> uh, uh, the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad? <laughs> Did you not hear what I just said? 
These are the movies I watched growing up, okay? It's from Home Alone. Oh, sure. Okay. Buzz is giving Kevin reasons why he can't be in his room. And as he's listing them, he says A, 2, and D. That's <laughs> a in, inside joke for those who know. So A, observation A. It was really interesting to see multiple packs and not just two snake lines of cars going around the track. Mm-hmm. It will say the race this weekend was interesting to me to see that third line continuing to form and actually carrying a lot of momentum to push those cars up and really kind of essentially trap the top line right in the middle um, and really just take away a lot of the aerodynamics that they had. Um, I thought that was, that was interesting from this current race. But the thing that I thought about the 2010 race was the multiple packs and how like two cars could completely drive away from the field by basically like locking their bumpers together mm-hmm. to, I don't know, basically create a longer car. <laughs> yeah, really. It's, for, it's for, the, for the air to move over while the horsepower of the rear car continues to accelerate that front car forward as it's getting literally no air on the nose of that car. I thought that was pretty fascinating. Um, Point two is very redundant, so I'm going to go really fast. Stage breaks are bullshit. (laughs) Having to have green flag pit stops completely elevates the competitive nature of the racing, and you will not ever convince me otherwise. And point D is that more people in NASCAR today need to put cowboy hats back on because that shit looks awesome. I don't know what it is, but I am a big fan of like the suit with no tie and a cowboy hat on your head. It's a real strong look. Um, I was texting you all of those really after only watching about 15 laps of it. I just flipping it on. I think Emily was at her sister's house or something that night. So I was just scrolling through the channels and seeing what was on, and that popped in. Um, And then I got to the first wreck. (laughs) And man, the amount that those cars used to blow up is insane. It was like you sneezed on a fender, and it was torn off the back of the car. It was absolutely wild to me. So there's one thing in favor of this new generation car. Oh, excuse me. What are we on? Six? The Gen 6 car? Yeah. Wait. I think it's Gen 7, actually. Well, we'll we'll stick with just next gen for now. This next gen car is um, definitely very, very resilient. Um, And we got a really good picture of that during the race, too when uh, Ryan Priest absolutely slammed into the side of Larson hard enough to bend the roll cage inside the car. Significantly some, Yeah, some of the, one of the most violent wrecks 
uh, first, I think all the new cameras and camera angles they have are pretty wild. But the shot that they showed on the broadcast of Priest when he hit Larson and just the force of him getting tossed around in that car and his visor flying up from the impact and the jostling that he went through was wow. Wow. Just a little bit terrifying, honestly. Yeah. Um, but those are my takeaways. A, multiple packs. Two, green flag stops. D, more cowboy hats in NASCAR again. <laughs> and then uh, just fragile cars as a bonus. Um, obviously, in all that ranting, I touched on two of the things from this race. But um, I didn't catch a ton of it, Crum. Um, I know those were two of the big highlights. Obviously, yeah. the biggest for you is Kyle Busch winning. Oh, yeah. Um so I kind of I did a lot of fast forwarding through through uh, green flags until I saw a caution um, come out, and then I'd back up, you know, five laps or so and and see what it kind of see what what kind of led into it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's uh, that's kind of my take on on Talladega. I will say that I found the 2010 race to be significantly more entertaining uh, than what we we're seeing lately. Yeah, and uh, it's interesting. I, um, there's a couple podcasts I'll reference here from Dirty Mo Media, just because. I mean, it's funny. I grew up not liking Dale Jr. at all, but all of his his media empire is kind of fucking awesome. Um, but his the one podcast they have door bumper clear with the spotters. Uh, one of the former spotters who's now watching on TV and can kind of give his like fan perspective uh, this year was saying exactly what you are like. These stage breaks are terrible for this racing, and I I really hope that. You know the momentum behind them getting rid of the brake aspects. Road courses happens elsewhere. Like road court. Actually, I just thought of something. I know I said this uh, before about it being like a trial run. When they introduced the uh, car of tomorrow, which I think was the start of the Gen Six, which came before Gen Seven, um, they did it short tracks and road courses first, and then they added it to I think super speedways next. And then they had it at all the tracks. So there's precedent for them doing this kind of like, based on the style of track, we're going to try this. And if it works out well, we'll start applying it elsewhere. So I have a lot of hope for them removing the stage breaks at least some tracks. So no road, none at road courses this year. Hopefully none at super speedways next year, which would knock another six off the list. And then maybe you go short tracks, maybe you go intermediates next. I don't know. But I hope that happens. That would be great for the racing. Door Rumper Clear was talking about it too. So there's momentum behind this from not just us, but you know, more well-established industry figures. Um, and then uh, we've, we've been talking about Tony Stewart and how great he's been in the booth. That's I, I'll say that's one thing you missed out on slightly is um, the racing wasn't that great, but having Tony Stewart in the booth again was really great. Um, and he's on Dale Jr.'s podcast this week. Uh, so really great interview with him. Listen to it while I mowed the lawn on a nice balmy fifty degree afternoon today. That was nice. Um, oh, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to put that into my rotation for tomorrow for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just absolutely loving Tony Stewart. I hope he stays this good and doesn't like go on the trajectory of Romo, where I think he's starting to fade just a little bit for like 
the vanity of him is is dwindling a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that crumb is what we call a segue in the biz. Because I don't <laughs> know if you saw this, but the Cardinals just traded trade three, uh, pick three away. Wait, to Houston? To the Texans. What the fuck? So they just somehow managed to get pick two and three in this draft. Wow. So uh, you're adding the Dale Jr. download from yesterday, the one about Tony Stewart, or today, I can't remember which day, um, to your podcast rotation. Uh, I've continued to listen to Denny Hamlin's podcast with mixed results, but still, I mean, you're never going to get as good of insight from someone as you are a current driver on a podcast. Although I will say this, this was something we didn't touch on at all, but I do want to bring up uh, Corey LaJoy on his podcast, current driver on a podcast, but this podcast is um, hosted, not hosted, uh, produced by NASCAR themselves, not an outside entity on his podcast. Guess what he said? He said he was trying to wreck Kyle Busch at Martinsville. He said he was <laughs> trying to bring out a caution. Did he get penalized? I'm going to guess no. Weird. Why? What the fuck, NASCAR? You can't penalize someone, literally deny the appeal, and then someone does the exact same thing and you don't even penalize them. Like, what are you doing? You know what the worst part about it is? I'm not even mad. (laughs) It's literally just a giant middle finger to Denny Hamlin. (laughs) And then it's like, okay. Uh, It's ridiculous. Ugh. Anyways, on Denny Hamlin's podcast, he brought up the uh, very original idea of uh, a midseason tournament because I, I I've never heard of this idea before. It's definitely not being implemented in any other league. Yeah, um, I wonder where he thought of this. Yeah, I mean he, I think he knows a guy uh, named MJ. He might have, might talk to him sometimes. I guess. Mm, yeah, MJ. He was at the track this weekend too, as it happens. So you know. Maybe. Oh, Michael Jordan? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Do you think he's connected to the NBA at all in any way? I think so. Anymore? I think he might be yeah. a go of that league. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a bracket idea. Basically, his idea was take the top 32 in points, which is most of the field, and I like that it kind of excludes the last few guys because the last few are always a mixed bag. Um, but take the top 32 in points, uh, put them in a bracket where 32 plays one, just like the March Madness bracket, except, you know, the numbers are different, but whatever. Uh, and then whoever finishes better that week moves on. So at Dover this week, if we were to start now, it would be... Uh, 32nd place guy, which is uh, Noah Gragson, I believe, and the number one seed is Christopher Bell. So whoever did better at Dover would move on, and there'd be 16 drivers left, obviously, after the 32 we just picked from. Uh, Those 16 drivers would then be in the next round against whoever made sense bracket-wise at Kansas. And if they beat their opponent there, they would move on to the next round and on and so forth, basically until you get a head-to-head matchup at uh, the fifth track in this scenario, which, if we're going by right now, it would go Dover, Kansas, Darlington, Charlotte, and then Gateway, which I think is actually a good mix of tracks, and it's like probably a good time in the season if they were to implement this. So I will give Denny credit for the timing, even if his idea wasn't all that new. Um, 
So I personally like the idea. Yeah. I think it goes. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I don't know if you can like, I think it's just like an, it's maybe it's just an extra thing. Right. More, more awareness to the sport, bring in some gambling revenue, let people start talking about it, do it this way. But you don't, you honestly don't have to change anything about the point structure, the race structure, any of that. It's really, honestly, the way I interpret it is it, it, it's a for the fans kind of thing. Yeah. I think you need to give the drivers some incentive outside of like bragging rights. Although I'm sure that would be enough. Honestly. I mean, if you tell me next iRacing race, I get into that. Oh, Hey, if you beat the five car, you get to move on in some weird bracket. I'd be like, fuck. Yeah. Um, I don't care why, <laughs> but I think a, a, a monetary prize or even like a, a minor playoff point, like play one playoff point to the winner. Very minor. And only if you make the playoffs, it, you know, enough incentive that you want to advance, but not so much that it really makes a giant impact, I think. So to go on the, to the other side of that, um, well, not really on the other side of it, because I think you're being really mild with whatever type of adjustment there would be. But there is a line to kind of toe there, in my opinion, where you don't want you know, they're into the semifinal round and Daniel Suarez is paying more attention to beating Kevin Harvick than everything else that's involved in happening with the race. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point that like, you don't want it to, you don't want the bracket matchup to have more importance than your finishing position in the race kind of deal. Just give the winner of the tournament an extra hundred thousand or something. Yeah, and a trophy. Trophy and money. That's a good prize. Yeah. Um, yeah, in, in any case, like, uh, what's really cool, I think, is that a lot of fans and different people have, like, looked, you know, kind of given their feedback, whatever. Um, and some of them just said, hey, we can we can put this bracket together right now. We can track this regardless of NASCAR tracking it. So I think Josh and I are both going to fill out one of these brackets based on the current points and the current schedule of the next five races that sound good yep let's do it all right i'm gonna share my screen as we're recording here so hopefully it doesn't fuck up the recording somehow that'd be hilarious uh so we already talked about bell versus gragson i think that's an easy pick to say bell moves on there i don't know if you want to spend much time on some of these more obvious picks or or where how you want to navigate this i'm good with bell all right we're both thinking Bell, round one, matchup one. Uh, do we move on to Chastain versus Chase Elliott? Because that is a hilarious two versus 31 matchup because Chase Elliott missed enough races that he is now 31st in points. And therefore, Ross Chastain is the two seed, is getting absolutely fucked. <laughs> um, so do we want to move on to that one? Um. No, no, okay. no, no. Let, let's treat these like regions. Okay, so you want to go through the the full uh, northeast? We go down to the we go down to the Blaney Jones matchup, and we run it out to our final four. Okay. Then we'll go down to the next region, 
I'm using March Madness terms in case anyone's not following me. <laughs> Basically, there's four segments of the bracket that all lead down to the final four. So I think we should tackle one segment at a time. Yeah. Okay. Just so we're talking about the same drivers for a little while. Yeah, that's a good point. All right. So much tighter matchup. Busher versus Suarez. What are you what are you feeling? At Dover, I'm gonna stick with the Chevy here. Mm. That's a that's a good point. As much as I, I like Busher, I like Suarez, but I'm just gonna stick with the Chevy here for filling out my bracket. So I'm taking Suarez here. I wanna look at driver averages before I make my choice, just to double check. Uh for looking at Dover. I see Busher is not not too low on the list, and I don't see much of Suarez, but I know he's done well here in Xfinity, just thinking on like memory wise. Uh and yeah, I I think you're right about the Chevy thing, so I'm actually gonna agree there. I'm gonna take Suarez. All right, the next matchup is Bowman Almarola. So obviously for Bowman here, we're going to be putting Josh Berry in because yeah. it sounded like he's going to be in the car for the majority of this bracket. Yeah, that's a good point. It, yeah, I didn't think about the fact that it'd be multiple weeks, so it does make sense to put Barry here. Although points-wise, he's not in ninth, but I, I don't want to try to re-seed this whole thing based on that. Right. All right, so you tell me what you're thinking here. Barry against Almarola. I think I would take Barry. I, I mean, it's risky for sure because I think they're more closely matched than the seeding. Like 9 and 24 is probably less accurate than how they do. But I think, again, to your point about the Fords, that's a good tiebreaker. And it's like the the best possible team that uh, Josh Barry could be on versus a Ford. So I'm I'm going more based on the Hendrick team than I am Barry, but I think it's it's a easy easy to write him in in this situation for me. Yeah, see, this is a very tough one for me um, because I do think Alvarol is actually having a surprisingly good season for what I thought he was going to be. I'm you know for anybody who's been listening for a while knows that one of my preseason predictions is that Ryan Priest was going to be the second best car on the. Stuart Haas team this year, but that's clearly still Almirola. Yeah. Uh, but I got to agree with everything you said. I'm going to put Josh Berry over Almirola just because of Hendricks at Dover. Yeah, I, th- I think it's it's just too much of a unless you wanted to be different for you know what I mean. Unless you think Almirola might go on a run, but I don't think either of us think that. So Blaney versus Jones. What do you would you have any lean here? Yeah, I've got a complete lean to Blaney here. Yeah. It is it is a Ford versus a Chevy, but uh, it's a fast Ford versus a not-so-fast Chevy. And yeah, that- it's a Ford versus a Chevy, but it's not in the same vein as, you know, Suarez and Busher. I think Suarez and Busher, skill-wise, behind the wheel are um, pretty even with each other. Um, but I just think Blaney is a better driver overall than Eric Jones. Yeah, I'm looking up their average finish, and wow, it's actually surprisingly close. In the last six, I think, Dover races, 
since February 2020. Ryan Blaney's average finish here is 16th. And I just had it. I just had it. Eric Jones is 16 and a half. Wow. So, but I will say, I have this sorted by uh, driver average right now, not by finishing position. And Blaney is significantly higher by, it's a 87.8 to 69. Nice. So, Blaney does have the edge in rating by a good chunk, but average finish-wise, it's close. Um, but Eric Jones at that time was in a Toyota. I just think it's interesting that Blaney's not a, a solid guy here, but I'm willing to pick him over Jones this week. All right, so now we're looking at... Darling. We're fully in cahoots here. Yeah, we, we've got a fully matched up bracket so far. And we're on to Darlington for this for these next two round two matchups. No, Kansas. Sorry, fuck. Yeah. I got it. All right. So Kansas. Man, ne- next March, I'm gonna help you fill your bracket out. <laughs> I wonder why I never win. It's probably because I don't know. Clearly, what the hell clearly you don't know how these things work. <laughs> I put the winner at the start, right? Yeah. Um, no. So Who's winning in Kansas between Bell and Suarez? I guess you went last, so I'll I'll lead this, and I'll say Bell um, because the Toyotas have looked really good. He's looked good. That's why he's first in points. Uh, Suarez has been okay. Like I wouldn't surprise him if he gets top ten at Kansas, but uh, I don't think he's going to beat Bell. I completely agree. I've also got Bell moving on. Two peas in a pod so far. All right, Barry versus Blaney at Kansas. I think. Uh, what What do you got? Oh, for Kansas, I think I'm gonna do exactly what I did in the first round here, except backwards, and I am actually going to give the edge to the Ford at Kansas, Same. and I'm gonna take Blaney. Yeah, I think Blaney at Kansas is decidedly good. Like, it's if it's still Barry, I, like, he the only time he's finished well in races is like late race stuff goes on that helps his strategy. He, he's consistently run 20 to 25th most weeks. Um, and I just don't see that changing just because he's in the 48. If anything, it'll be slightly worse because I would, well, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know how much the car really matters now, uh, these days. <laughs> like, that 2010s NASCAR era that we were talking of earlier, um, the car per team was a lot more uh, differentiated, whereas nowadays most of the cars are basically identical, even across multiple teams. So, yeah, I agree. We're still in lockstep here. Um, and I've okay. got a funny feeling we're going to switch here. Yeah? At Darlington? Uh, no, maybe not. Yeah, I think it's an easy choice at Darlington, to be honest. But uh, do you want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. I- I'm taking Bell. Yeah, so am I. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's just the right answer. I so just... Uh, a, I was going to say, Bell has I a really good tournament look here. Yeah, he's actually got a pretty good bracket. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I just, I, I kind of, in a vacuum or not at Darlington, I think I could see the world where I would take Blaney. 
Um, but I just said a track like that, I can see him being maybe a little bit more aggressive than he needs to be and getting into some trouble where Bell seems to be the, I'm just going to run my race. And if things work out for me, great. If I finish seventh, that's fine too. Yeah. Agreed. All right. So now we're looking at the, I'll call it the Southwest region since that's where it is on a compass, basically. Um, we start off with Larson versus Dylan. So Kyle Larson versus Austin Dylan. Clearly Larson having the better year so far, but do you think he uh, does better than Austin Dylan at Dover? Two Chevys here. Unfortunately for Austin Dillon, one of them has Hendricks behind him. And uh, that's going to be a real easy Larson for me. Yeah. I even uh, I listened to the Kyle Wishes post-race after his win, obviously. And he even talked about, uh, like, you know, where coming to RCR this year, they've been strong at the super speedways. He's felt like they've had a good program there, but the short track stuff has not been good. And I know this is not a short track, but he went on to say, and did you see the cars here last year at Dover? So, like, he knows that RCR does not have this place figured out with these cars yet. Um, I think they're probably hoping to bring something to the track that changes that. But if Kyle Busch isn't going to run well, neither is Austin Dillon. Like, I think it's pretty easy yep. to say. And Larson's an easy pick. I mean, he's the most expensive guy in FanDuel. It's, he's probably the odds-on favorite. I haven't checked the books yet, but that'd be my guess. Uh, Ricky Stenhouse and Ty Gibbs. This is a little more interesting, um, but I think it's a pretty easy choice to take Gibbs as our sort of top 10 guy, even though he couldn't continue that streak at Talladega, unfortunately for us. Um, but yeah, Gibbs over Stenhouse now. Uh, yeah, Gibbs over Stenhouse. And as far as the uh, point standings go right now, technically we picked an upset with Suarez over Busher, but this is actually the first upset that we're really picking, the 20 of Gibbs over the 13 of Stenhouse. Yep. And it's weird to think that Gibbs is the... Like, I, I, like if you told me a Stenhouse versus Gibbs, who's the underdog, I'd say Stenhouse. But in point standings, Stenhouse has had the better year. He has a win. So that helps. Yes, it does. All right. This, I think it is a really interesting one. Uh, last this one's year, very interesting. Yeah. Bubble <laughs> Wallace. What do you got? <laughs> um, I've got Kozlowski okay. based on Bubba's body language at the end of Talladega. Mm. I think he's lost right now. He's a complete head case. He can't get out of his own way. I hope he finds a very good therapist who helps him get back on track mentally because he is not there in the most important eight inches in NASCAR right now. Yeah. Yeah, we don't talk about the mental side of NASCAR, but it's it's very real, just like it is in all, basically all sports. But yeah, yeah, and he's he's not good right now. So give me Kozlowski to move on at Kansas or at Dover. Yep, and that's it's another chalk pick, but um, kind of just that's the way they're both headed right now. I I wouldn't be surprised if Bubba gets the upset here. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets you know a tenth place finish, maybe has a good race finally, and Kozlowski finishes close but behind him. I mean, I I don't see that as impossible. It's just hard to pick against or hard to yeah, hard to pick. For Bubba. That's not the way you say that. I don't care. 
Hard to back, Bubba. Yes, thank you. Um, all right, this next one, I know what I'm picking. Let's get contentious, baby. It's your early season pick for next uh, best SHR driver and Ryan Priest versus Kyle Busch. I am obviously taking Kyle Busch. And I am zigging where you zag. Oh, boy. You heard his post-race comments. <laughs> I've seen Ryan Priest drive pretty well so far this year. I also know he's got a teammate who has had some success at Dover. I think this. I think Ryan is uh, really trying to learn as much as he can from Harvick. And I am going to take Priest with the big upset over Kyle Busch at Dover, moving on to Kansas. Huge. I am worried. I'm not. This is not a confident Kyle Busch pick. This is 100% a homer pick that's easy to back up because he's coming off a win and is generally a better driver than Priest. I don't. It's not. That's not a contentious statement. But his comments about Dover, the short track stuff. Priest does look good when he has good luck, um, but he hasn't had basically any good luck. I mean, he he literally was driving along doing nothing and Kyle Larson's car appeared in front of him at Talladega. Uh, he gets a speeding penalty at Martinsville because his team didn't tell him that he could speed in the last section. He thought he could just floor it to the line. They didn't tell him he can't. Uh, I, I mean, the list got, yeah, I think he had a flat tire at Bristol Dirt. Does that sound right? I don't know. I don't remember. Something happened to him at Dirt where he, he looked okay and then something like with his car. So... He needs the luck to go his way, and it, maybe it does. And that then, I, yeah, this this is not a bad upset pick. Um, I am nervous. Yeah, the first matchup we got now is Larson against Gibbs. This one's easy for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I assume we're both thinking Larson. Absolutely, I'm not going to bet against him there. No, mile and a half. It's where. He, he uh he shines the most it seems like and Gibbs I'm sure will you know get another top ten but that's not going to be good enough to beat Larson. Yep, I agree, and I'm going to guess we're going to both have a different driver going up against Larson in the Elite Eight matchup. Well, I think I have to move Bush forward here, um, simply because I think at this track. He will finish better than Kozlowski, but the problem is I could be wrong, and it could be Priest versus Kozlowski, in which case I would pick Kozlowski. So I think for, I assume you have Kozlowski, but I'm curious what you're going to say. I do have Kozlowski. Yep. All right. So yes, it, I, I think it's interesting because I, I agree with you on your matchup, but I don't agree on the matchup. <laughs> <laughs> So I have Bush versus Larson at Darlington, which I think is really interesting, but I think I would have to go Larson here. And Larson versus Kozlowski for you, what are you thinking? It's Larson for me also. Yeah, I think it kind of has to be. All right. So we both have Bell and Larson coming out of the west side of our brackets here, uh, facing off at Charlotte. But we're going to move over to the east side of the bracket. So the northeast... We have that very enticing two versus 31 should be a landslide, but it actually it's Chase Elliott. Uh, I feel like it's what, what is that wrestler that comes out? And it's like, oh, my God, is that is it John Cena? Well, you can't see John Cena. Sure. 
But what's the guy that they say that about? Like, I feel like there's a wrestling guy that it's, it gets intro like that. I'm the absolute wrong person to ask about wrestling. All right. I just know it as a meme. That's why. I'm looking up the meme, but <laughs> Chastain versus Elliot. What do you think? Oh, it's, this it's is bullshit. This is a bullshit seating. <laughs> it's pretty tough. Pretty pretty rough draw. Um, Chastain has also been very good at Dover. Good enough to beat Chase Elliott at Dover, though? Oh. 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 All right, I'm calling in my homer pick. Just give me Chastain here. Wow. I mean, you might as well. It's no fun to root against your your team in the first round of a bracket. What's the fun in that? Yeah, no, I'm. I just yeah, just give me Chastain. Um, he really has been good here. Um, if I pull up driver averages really quickly, um, Chase. Elliot has an average finish of 12, while Chastain has an average finish of 9. Okay. That is intriguing. He's also coming off the injury still. Only second week back. Yep. Missing a teammate. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, there's a path. There's a path, but I'm I, not taking I can get narrative streety enough. Yeah. There's a path, but uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm picking Elliot. So we already differ in the Northeast, but that's to be expected. The only place we differed before was on our homer, so you know, <laughs> yeah. it is. Uh, this next one I think is, uh, I think I have a lean, but I'm curious what you think. Briscoe versus Cindric. I also have a lean, and it's going to be to Stuart Haas. I'll take yeah. Briscoe here. I agree. I think uh, he's just been running a lot stronger lately, and he's he's still making mistakes, but Cindric just isn't running well, and. We'll, we'll literally need Briscoe to make a mistake to lose to him, I think. Or to beat him, rather. I agree. All right, now we... Oh, I, just, I didn't even know this was coming, but we've got the battle of the podcast. <laughs> Any, the the find versus the, the unfind. The yeah. penalized versus the unpenalized. And no, we're not talking about Hendrix right now. It's oh, shocking. Uh, Hamlin versus LaJoy. We've got Shins Detrimental versus Stacking Pennies. Those are the two podcasts. Stacking pennies, I like that name. It's it's a good one. But uh easy choice Hamlin? Question mark? Easy easy choice Hamlin for me. Yeah. Pretty straightforward. I mean, I, I think Hamlin would win these matchups I don't know what, thirty out of thirty six races. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh and then we've got another similar uh, JGR versus underperformer, I guess I'd say, and Truex versus Haley. Is it another? Are we going chalk? I'm not. I'm going with Haley here. Ooh, interesting. Is there anything specific to Dover? No, I just feel like I got to have an upset pick. Um, mm-hmm. Truex has an average finish of 8.8, and Haley has an average finish of 11. Wow, it's better than I would have expected. Yeah, so I think that's one of those ones where you can look at it and just think, oh, yeah, that's an easy Truex. But no, I'm going to go ahead and say Haley gets the better finish at Dover and uh, moves on to Kansas. 
Interesting. I'm going to take the chalk here. I'm going to stick with Truex. I think uh, I think the Toyotas will give Hendrick a run for their money this week. I, I don't think they'll necessarily beat them, but I think instead of one, two, three, Hendrick, it's going to be all, all Gibbs and Hendrick in the top 10, basically. It's uh, my prediction. Interesting. Who else, who rounds out the other two? Um, Harvick? It's hard to pick against him. So, yeah. I actually kind of like that call. I would say Harvick and Chastain. I would say Harvick and Bush. So, yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Ordinarily, I would actually probably say Bush over Chastain, but just the things that you've been mentioning over the last 20 minutes or so have got me a little bit worried about that RCR team. Yeah, I'm, I'm being optimistic. That's fine. Um, okay. Elliot, Ch- well, for me, not for you, I guess. Uh, for me, it's Chase Elliott versus Chase Briscoe. So I got a battle of Chase Chases. Uh, Chase and- for the championship of the bracket <laughs> challenge midseason. Tournament. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking Elliot. It's an easy choice over Briscoe at Kansas. I think you know mile and a half. I, maybe not easy choice, but I, easy enough for me. Um, and then I'm also going to go since we have different picks here. I'm going to go Hamlin over Truex. Uh, he's been outperforming him most of the time, and most of the time will continue to be true at Kansas. Uh, and then I'm just going to finish this now, so you can do your side. Uh, and I'm going to take Hamlin at Darlington because he really likes that track. So I have Hamilton advancing, or Hamilton, Jesus Christ. I have Hamlin advancing out of Darlington in the Northeast. So we have the same guy coming out of the bracket. We've got very wow. different ways of getting there. Um, I have the matchup everybody wants to see. <laughs> um, so burying the lead right there, that is... Rush Chastain beating Briscoe. I'm just, I like the Stuart Haas team at Kansas. I'm really basing a lot of this off of these drivers, hopefully learning as much as they can from Harvick. Um, But Briscoe is prone to making mistakes and getting DNFs or finishing races three or four laps down. Um, so I'm going to give the edge to Chastain there. Hamlin over Haley, it's easy for me. Um, that's an easy Hamlin. And then as much as it hurts me to say this, because it's Darlington, I'm taking Hamlin over Chastain. <laughs> Bless you. You're allergic to saying that, I think. You're allergic to picking Hamlin <laughs> over Chastain. <laughs> because it's Darlington, I'm taking Hamlin over Chastain. That's fair. All right. So now we are looking at the Southeast region and we have Kevin Harvick and Harrison Burton. So feels like a pretty easy pick. Am I, am I right? Easy for me. Harvick, baby. Yeah. Bush, I mean, uh, wow. Can't even have the right name. Burton has not been, uh, doing anything impressive lately. I mean, he was he was doing good at Talladega, but that's not going to have anything to do with how well he does at Kansas. Or, sorry, Dover. Jesus. I'll get it right eventually. 
Harvick. Yeah, you're, you're doing you're doing what I've done a couple of times. Uh, you're looking at the the race that we're moving them to. Yes, exactly. Um, so the next one is William Byron versus McDowell. I think that's another easy Byron choice with Hendrick. Yeah, this whole first round on this section of the bracket is really easy for me. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Logano versus Gilliland, another easy Logano there, unless you want to pick a weird upset. Um, I do not. Yep, no, there's no reason to there. And then it's uh, Tyler Reddick versus Almendinger, which a little bit closer. They're actually pretty far apart in points, 6 and 27 seed, but I think it's still another easy pick to your point. Uh, I think it's Reddick. It's Reddick for me. All right, so now we have a little bit more interesting uh, lineup, or I guess matchup, with Harvick versus Byron at Kansas. I feel like this is going to be close. I feel like not, there's no wrong answer here. I would agree I'm going Harvick, though. Don't mind it, but I'm going to go Byron. I think uh, Hendrick's going to continue to be strong. I think Byron has already shown at Vegas where he won that uh, he's got a really strong mile and a half program, car, whatever you want to call it. I think Harvick will do good at Kansas, but I think Byron will be better. So we differ there. But uh, Logano versus Reddick, what are your thoughts at Kansas? Um, ordinarily, I would take Reddick in this matchup, but at Kansas, I'm going to go ahead and put my chips in on Logano. Now, the one thing I'll say is Kansas was the race where Kurt Busch won in the 45 last year. So it's the right car. Is it the right driver? Maybe. Um, and I, I don't like the Fords at the mile and a half very much. Uh, I feel like Harvick's led that bunch. Like, Logano was not good at Vegas, from what I remember. So I'm actually going to differ there as well. So we have completely different uh, matchups, which is going to mean... We have the first difference in our final four. I'm picking from Reddick and Byron. You're picking from... Harvick and Logano. So, Harvick and Logano at Darlington. Who do you got? I got Harvick. Ooh, I like it. I mean, I, I understand why you'd say that, but that's going to be close. I mean, Logano won this race last year, right? Yes, he did. I just, I just, I don't know. I think this is going to be a good stretch for Harvick. I think he's going to do well. He's going to pick up one win in one of these four races. It's very, possible. I guess three, three, three races. I, uh, I actually like Reddick here. Um, I think just because of the uh, riding the wall aspect of the race at Darlington. He's, he's pretty good at it. Um, I think he'll make it work. Um, I think he'll challenge Kenny Hamlin for the win, which is the first Final Four matchup, unless we want to hop over to Bell versus Larson, which is the one we agree on. So do you want to pick between Bell and Larson? Uh, Charlotte. This is tough. It is. It is really tough. I think I gotta just give it to Larson. 
I agree. I think he's just been better on the mile and a half. I, I, I mean, Toyota and Bell, Jesus, can't say. Um, they've been good, but I, so far from what we know right now, it, it could change by then. But I feel like Larson is the favorite between those two if we were to go to Charlotte next race. So that leaves me with my other side of the bracket, which is different. So I have Hamlin versus Redick at Charlotte. And I think that is going to, I'm going to lean on experience there and say Hamlin will outrun his teammate. Um, but I think it'll be close. I don't think that's an easy matchup at all. So I, I'm I'm having Hamlin move on to the, the championship race, if you will. Uh, Josh, what do you think? Who do you have? Oh, man, my heart really wants to take Harvick here, but I'm going to take Denny. Ooh. Okay, so we think it'll be Larson versus Hamlin at the Worldwide Technology Raceway, otherwise known as Gateway, which is a mile-ish and has some weird-shaped corners like Darlington, but it's flat like New Hampshire. Hamlin versus Larson there. They only raced here once, and it was last year in the Cup Series. I feel like this is a tough one. Yeah, it is. I feel like I need to see who won here. I think it was Chas. No, Kurt Ka... uh, Lagana. And by winner, I mean between the two of them. Uh, let's see. Larson finished 12th. And Hamlin finished 34th. Yeah, this was the race when he got into it with Chastain, and they were like both swiping at each other on the racetrack, basically. Yeah, he was 11 laps down, so. <laughs> so not a good sample size maybe for Denny's race. He did qualify sixth, so had speed, I guess. Do you want to spin it? Um. All right, so I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I'm just going to take Larson. I don't want to take the man with the original idea <laughs> to go out and win the first ever that would be uh, mid-season tournament. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I guess I agree. It's not an easy choice for me. I think I think Hamlin is the better like, if you're just looking at how they ran, I think Hamlin is probably going to have a better chance. But Larson's having the better season. Less drama with him. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to go Larson, too. So we have a lot of agreement on our boards, but some key differences around our favorites, basically. Yeah, and basically any wreck could completely screw this whole thing up. Yeah. We're not going to recap the whole thing because we'll just post images uh, on Twitter for you guys to check it out, um, see where we all landed if you wanted to go back and look. Um, but I think we're going to move on to Dover at this point uh, and do, uh, do a little draft unless, uh, I guess, give a short intro. 400 laps, three stages, 120 laps, 130 laps, 150 laps. So with nine extra tire sets, I think that gives you basically a pit stop at each break and during each stage. So you have four leftover tire sets if you need them for other times in the race. Um, 
yeah, I don't think there'll be a lot of passing, so qualifying is going to be important, but we'll we'll draft anyway. Um, we already gave some hints at, I guess, what we like based on our little draft board or uh, bracket that we did. little hint at what we like, I suppose. Yes, we did. Who's You're picking right. first? I don't have my notebook. I don't All know right, where it went because my office is packed up. <laughs> uh, shit. So, why is stupid numpad? Oh, the Bears got their offensive linemen still. So, I picked first for Martinsville, which means you picked first for Talladega, which means I picked first this week. Yes, it does. Okay. Um,. I think I'm just gonna go with the co-favorite and take the 24 of Byron, making my lock. Just Hendrick, fast. Don't have much else to say. <laughs> I am gonna take the five of Larson as my lock. <laughs> um. And uh, I feel like I want to get a little bit silly with this next pick. But I'll save my silly for later. And I am just going to take the four of Harvick as well. Okay. certainly think that's fine. He's pretty expensive. He's more expensive than I would like, but it's not bad. Like, it's not... Yeah, it's the highest I've seen him so far this year. Yeah, and I don't know if it quite warrants it at Dover, but maybe I'll be proven wrong. Um, I'm going to get my other Hendrick driver and take the 48 of Josh Berry as my buy low, like I alluded to earlier. And then I think I want to go for a Toyota. And I'm going to take Ty Gibbs at 6.8 as a nice other buy low candidate, but I'm going to pick, I'm just going to stick with the Hendrick Chevys for that. So you got Gibbs and Barry. Yep. All right. I'm trying really hard to keep all of your picks straight with a scrap of paper and a pencil <laughs> so that I don't pick guys that I can't. All right, I got to save some cash here. You do. Uh, so I'm going to go down to my Bilo. I mentioned him in the bracket that we just filled out. He's got a good history here recently. I picked him to beat Truex. I'll take the 31 of Justin Haley. That's smart. 4,500. I love that price. Yeah. After you said his average finish, I feel like I'm going to put him in a lineup, even if it's not in my draft. All right. So I've got 9,750. 
per driver left. And I have 10 points. So I am going to go ahead and also get that last Hendricks driver off the board. For 13500 I'm going to take Byron. I took Byron. I thought you took Barry. I took Byron, then you took Larson and Harvick, then I took Barry and Gibbs. So oh. I took 24, 48, 54. Well, the record will show that I asked you to verify if you took Gibbs and Barry, and you said, yup. <laughs> yeah, because I did take them. I didn't mean, I didn't think that was a holistic list. <laughs> you can have Chase Elliott. He's the only Hendrick driver available. Oh, fine. <laughs> you know what? It saves me five hundred bucks. Give me, <laughs> give me the worm. The worm saves you five hundred dollars. It's always a good day. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> All right. Um, you talked about him, but you haven't picked him, so I'm going to take Ross Chastain in the one. I like uh, it. You convinced me. He might have a good day. Uh, and that leaves me with ten thousand, which means I can af- I can afford Alex Bowman if I really want to be an idiot, um, <laughs> or I can pick Kyle Busch, Blaney, Reddick, Logano, Keselowski, Butcher, Briscoe. None of those jump out at me really. Kind of think Reddick or Logano are probably my best options, but Keselowski feels like he probably has a higher floor. Um, how many Fords do I have? None. Okay, that makes it a little easier. And because I don't like Logano and he's been doing pretty shit lately, I'll take his last one. All right. All right, it's been a long time since you put him into one of your lineups. It has. I'm going to take the guy who will have a better finishing position than Kyle Busch in this race. For, oh, I don't know, about $3,300 less. I'll round my lineup out with the 41 Orion Priest. So <laughs> don't bet on Priest because you know how it goes this year for me. When I take <laughs> him, he sucks. When I leave him, he's great. I, I appreciate you taking him. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, you're not wrong about him having a potentially good race. So I, I don't actually dislike the pick. It's just it's it's either you're unlucky or he's unlucky or both, and we'll find out eventually, I guess. It's probably me. <laughs> all right, who do we miss? Not a Hendrick guy. Uh, did we cover? We didn't cover all the Gibbs cars. They were they were pretty expensive. So maybe a Christopher Bell, a Denny Hamlin. Or a true X is a little cheaper. Uh, let's see how we can start it off with Bell and Hamlin. Okay. That leaves us with 8.6K per driver left. So who else do you like down in the cheaper section? Um, based on our chat around the uh, bracket, I don't hate the idea of getting Eric Jones on there. Yeah, I like that too. 
if he's averaging 16th, roughly 16th for his finish, I think that's a good one to save a little budget. That gets us back down to 10000 per driver for the last two also. Yeah, and then it, I think it becomes a question of how much do you want to try to save here? You want to go all the way down to something like Suarez to give you the board, basically. You don't even need to go that low, but I don't mind Suarez. Or- or do we want to save absolutely nothing and throw Truex and Kyle Busch on there? Do they both fit? Oh my god! Yeah, that's the right. That's the right choice. That's that's the play. I like this lineup quite a bit, actually. Don't we always? <laughs> Why didn't we think of them earlier? Yep. All right. So there's your guys we missed lineup: twenty eleven. 19. So basically, all the rest of the Joe Gibbs cars, and then add the 43 and the 8. So no Fords in our guys we missed. I think we snagged the one the only Fords we wanted in uh, our draft. I, you could throw Logano in there, and and maybe Blaney, but I don't really like him this week. Um, as potential, maybe a Chase Briscoe is another guy we missed. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate having him in a lineup somewhere. Agreed. Yeah. All right, Crum, Delaware. I think we're going to be having some Monday racing. Oh, no, really? Yeah, we've got a 97% chance of rain and wind on Friday, a 55% chance of morning rain on Saturday, and an 80% chance of rain all damn day on Sunday. Okay, then. But Monday is partly cloudy and 63 with a 3% chance of rain. Well. Let's hope the wind in the front moves through sooner than they're thinking. <laughs> gets it all out of its system. Uh, obviously, we're, we record this. We're, well, we, I say we record this like we always record at the <laughs> right time. But typically, we record these on... Uh, Thursday evenings, and uh, you know that gives us a you know roughly a three day window almost until the weather actually gets there, and we know how these meteorologists are. <laughs> so um, I'm gonna hold off slight hope, but I'm gonna guess I'll be listening to this race on the radio while I work on Monday. Yeah, that'd be unfortunate, but uh, unsurprising. Um... We have we have gotten pretty good luck with weather so far this year. I mean, Bristol Dirt was great. Dega, no issue. It's been a little bit since there's been a major weather delay this year, at least. So we're kind of due for having one. Yeah, but, so we'll see what see. happens. Yeah. Qualifying will be interesting. Maybe it'll be set by the, uh, the metric or whatever. But uh, once we know where they start, we'll do another draft and kind of give you an updated take based on what we saw. Um, but otherwise, we'll see you next week. Because I don't know if you saw this, but the Cardinals just traded trade three, uh, pick three away. Wait, to Houston? To the Texans. What the fuck? So they just somehow managed to get pick two and three in this draft. Are they gonna? Are they gonna take two quarterbacks just in case one of them sucks? <laughs> No, I think they're going to, because D'Amico Ryans is their head coach now, I think they're going to take Will Anderson. Wow. 
So we'll, uh, it'll be interesting. The pick is in. Yeah, we got to see this. I can Here comes the devil himself. <laughs> Live NFL draft coverage that you'll be listening to tomorrow. Oh, Josh, did you listen to the post-podcast uh, stinger last week I added? No, our I didn't. Got to go back and listen. I will. There it is, Willie Anderson Jr. Nice. They got their top quarterback and their top defensive player. Wow. It'll be interesting to see what the uh, breakdown of the trade is because I, I had a sneaking suspicion they were going to take Stroud at two, and then at 12 they were going to take Jackson Smith and Jigba mm. and pair college quarterback and receiver to just have instant chemistry on that side of the ball. But this makes sense. The Cardinals just traded back up to six. What is happening? For Paris Johnson. They gave the Lions pick 12 and 34. And 12 was acquired from the Texans. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is nuts. I love the NFL draft. (laughs) I like the I love the NFL draft so much, especially these last. Like this is all we need is a couple trades of real players to start happening now. Oh yeah, last year we're going to be rivaling last year. I feel like there was a few years there where the draft was just like pretty boring, and I didn't care, and then it got exciting. Because people actually won- make interesting moves. I'm wondering if when we get to 12, we're going to see DeAndre Hopkins in the 12th overall pick to the Buffalo Bills. Okay. For the 27th and whatever their pick is in the second round. No way. And then they're going to also acquire the 26th pick. Because <laughs> at, tw- at 12, they're going to take Jackson Smith and Jigba. And then at 27, it's going to be a straight-up trade. Cowboys get Stephon Diggs, and Bills get pick 27. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put all the draft content that we intersperse at the end of the podcast. <laughs> I like it. That's a like a wild take, but <laughs> it's an absolutely absurd take. But I'm hoping. How you cool have- would it be if all of a sudden you had DeAndre Hopkins and Jack Jackson Smith and Jigba? It would be cool, <laughs> but I don't think I want to get rid of Diggs. And then you still get pick twenty seven. So you can get your interior linebacker, probably Campbell. I don't know. It, 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 there's a world where it could happen, mostly on Madden, but... Yeah. <laughs> so apparently there's a real wild selection coming up in the draft. Oh, boy. Assuming Sleeper is right, they're 
clearly getting their information before the broadcast. Yeah. So they're starting all of it with spoiler. Because right now it's saying the Falcons pick is in. Mm-hmm. Very interesting pick for fantasy. Which probably tells you enough. I'm not thinking about it enough to I'm sure like, I would guess wide receiver then, but I don't know. No, not wide receiver. No. The best player in this draft is for fantasy. I have no idea. Oh, BJ Robinson? Yeah. People I kept seeing people say like he'll go higher than this, he'll go higher than this, he'll go higher than this. It's like well, all of you projected it to be lower. It's like, well, yeah, but I'll go higher than this. Yeah, then why are you projecting that way? Yeah, it's always weird because it's like, is it what you think they do or is it what you think they should do? And how are you doing that criteria for all the teams if you're doing it yourself? It's su- right. It's such a complicated, like, process to like mock a draft like are you are you trying to be accurate like you have to have a very clear like goal so far none of the actual players picked have surprised me just the way it's gotten there actually the colts pick surprised me a little bit with richardson i thought they would be going levi or levis or whatever his name is yeah i think it's Six of one, half dozen the other kind of thing for those two. They're both a project. I just, uh, I don't know. Who is this Asian child? Someone from Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Kansas City. Okay. He's Chris or Shane. That's. <laughs> I don't have any audio on because it would just get picked up too easily. So I'm just like watching. Be John. Yeah. Oh, geez, Louise. We got we to gotta wrap this up. Yeah. <laughs> Trade. The Eagles are now on the clock. What the fuck? They traded up one spot? What's going on? And who are they taking? Man, Bijan to the Falcons is like maybe the best possible spot he could have gone. Yeah. Easily beats out Tyler Algier. That's not even a question. They've got a really good offensive line. It's the and right the coach team. that wants to run. It's yeah, it's just the right team for him. Or for them, I guess, rather. I don't know if it'll be the right team for him. I like how he what has like, a sassy photo shoot, model shoot, whatever's going on right now. Yeah. <laughs> what do the Eagles even want here? Okay. Why is he talking about whatever? They're gonna take Jalen Carter. 
go look at the sleeper because they just announced the Eagles pick. Jalen Carter? Uh, Jalen Carter, yep. Surprise. Did they really think the Bears were going to take him there? They had the I, next pick? You, ha- I mean, you have to have believed that to make that trade. Like, There's no other reason to make that trade, right? Right. <laughs> so, I don't know. And then it's so weird that that team is willing to do that because they have to know that, they, that you know or they... I don't know. It's just such a weird mindfuck. I don't know. If I'm the Bears, I'm just taking the best offensive lineman available there. Yeah. But the Bears are probably like, yeah, you want to move up one pick? We'll take your second rounder. Yeah. We'll move back one and pick up another second round pick. That's fine. All right. Let's get back. Also, what the fuck just happened with this NFL draft? Jameer Gibbs? Yeah. What? What? Yeah. They have Swift and Montgomery. (laughs) What the fuck are they doing? Don't pick running backs in the first round. Fuck it, we'll pick two in the first 12. What the fuck? (laughs) You know it's weird because he's sitting at home. Either that or there's something like really seriously wrong with DeAndre Swift. I guess, but even then, like, if you're the only one who knows that, you don't have to reach. (laughs) DeAndre Swift is Jameer Gibbs just with NFL experience. I'm also just extra salty because I have picked three in my dynasty draft, and that pick right there solidifies that Jackson Smith and Jigba is going number two. Mm. And that's who I wanted at three, because I thought it was going to be Bijan and then Gibbs, and I would get JSN. Right. Right. I see. Nope. How the turntables. Oh, it's stupid.